Welcome to the Beyond Success Podcast, a collection of conversations with the best business minds, captains of industry, and entrepreneurs in the world. Learn what their journey has taught them, how they applied the lessons they learned, and ultimately created six, seven, and even eight-figure businesses. We can't create successful businesses by ourselves, so sit back and let the Beyond Success Podcast be your mentor. Now, here's your host, author, entrepreneur, public speaker, and master money manifester, Daniel Mangana. Hello, welcome to another edition of the podcast. I was about to do the thing that I always do that I say I'm never going to do again and do this is your boy or some kind of bastardized variation of the intro, which I won't do. I'm just going to say welcome to the show and also welcome Josh McCartney back to the podcast. Hey, Josh, how you doing? Very good. Thanks, man. Your boy, <laughs> Josh here. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we had Josh on the show before. We'll definitely put a link to the uh, the last episode we had with Josh in the show notes. But um, Josh has been killing it, and I wanted to bring him back to speak a bit more about what's been going on with brain coaching, with memory coaching. Uh, also, I've got a surprise for Josh that he doesn't even know about that I think will be interesting for you guys too. And just to kind of have a catch-up. So, um, Josh, you have fully given in to the gods of coaching. How does it feel? Um. It was initially scary than I expected it to be, but um, <laughs> it's more rewarding also than I expected it to be. Brilliant, brilliant. brilliant. <laughs> and um, I mean, just having a peek at some of the the testimonials you stuff and stuff you've got going on on your Instagram account, um, you're really getting the chance to really touch some people's lives and do some pr- pretty cool stuff. Have you had any uh, any especially interesting stories of advances that people have had in their brain functioning from working with you? <sighs> I'd say people normally expect that when they come to me, they're coming for just recall purposes to be able to increase their recall, their focus or concentration, or maybe they don't want to be able to memorize scripts and presentations without notes, that sort of thing. But I find as soon as they start actually talking to me, their, their more life coaching side comes out where they want to be able to increase their confidence. They want to be able to you know take control of their life. So it ends up being a much more uh, overarching theme that comes down a lot deeper than what we expect. Right. Wow. Um, yeah. So I'm also like qualified in uh, new linguistics programming and goals, coaching and life coaching. So I've always found that people naturally come to me for advice in general anyway. So when the, the memory coaching starts, it turns into life coaching and confidence coaching. <laughs> oh, hang on a minute. So you actually got a chance to go and um, I remember you were saying about doing the NLP stuff. So you actually went and got all that good stuff done. Finally did it. Dang boy. So how does that yeah. fit into everything? I, I try to use it more as a vessel for my way of coaching because I found that I was doing proper NLP sessions and it's very draining for me personally as a coach because mm-hmm. you're always leading people down to the path of tears to be able to free them, but mm-hmm. it's a very mentally and emotionally draining session for both of us. Mm-hmm. Um, you always know that every single time you do an NLP session, essentially you're going to be making the person cry. Mm-hmm. And um it's not exactly where I wanted to go with it at first. I, I thought that that's what I wanted to do, but I started doing it more and more. I'm like, this is, this is too much. Mm-hmm. So it ended up changing into sort of, I use NLP as a practitioner without them kind of knowing it for them mm-hmm. to be able to find the, the answers within themselves. Uh, we still there? Yes. So basically you've sort of Jedi, you Jedi mind trick them actually literally did a mind trick them 
with the NLP and just use it to make everything come together. That's true. Yes. Damn, son. <laughs> with a good intention, obviously. Yeah. Some people have a bit of a weird thing against NLP, thinking it's about manipulation and um, <laughs> you're you know, manipulating them into their greatness. How bloody groovy. So, <laughs> by the sounds of it, then, you're, so you're not just a memory coach at all. You're basically. You you bring the memory and the and the and the brain functioning into a holistic improvement in life quality that people can experience. Exactly, um, I kind of discovered it fairly recently by accident, right? Mm -hmm. So I'd noticed that a lot of my coaching had been very intellectual, and mm -hmm. I was trying to get people to connect intellectually rather than emotionally. Mm. And I know that when it comes to memory and learning how to remember stuff, you need to make it emotional. But mm -hmm. for some reason, when I was coaching, I disregarded that mm -hmm. and I was doing everything trying to connect with their logic. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't until I actually put my vulnerable self out there and mm -hmm. I was like, I, I've got a, I've got an idea. I've got mm -hmm. a, a hypothesis I want to test. Mm -hmm. And so what I did was I, I put out on my Instagram, who here identifies as an introvert? Mm -hmm. as a poll, right? Mm -hmm. And up until then, I'd have maybe, I don't know, 10 people or something reply to polls. Mm -hmm. Straight away, I got hundreds of people replying. And I was like, oh, that makes sense wow. because I've been building my list for the last few years. Mm -hmm. And it had been my former self as a really, really shy introvert <laughs> that was kind of putting themselves out there. Mm -hmm. And the people that started following me were connecting with that version of myself. So mm -hmm. I was thinking that my Instagram had to be a previous version of me that still exists and follows me, right? So I, I started putting out content about me being vulnerable, having zero confidence, uh, how I've grown into my confident self. And mm. straight away, people started actually connecting with that. And um, getting out of my head and into my heart has been able to be something that actually not only helps myself, but helps the people that I'm coaching and speaking to because you can actually connect and relate on a deeper level rather than just all intellectual brain memory stuff. You can actually get deeper into, you know, their struggles, their limiting beliefs, their actual deeper issues that they have. Mm. And um, it was kind of by accident that I found that. Mm. That is bonkers. So you you basically just went back to, to roots and were like, hang on a minute. <laughs> These people are just like me. <laughs> Why don't I just talk about talk about the challenges that I know that we're actually facing and communicate and meet yeah. them at that level of vulnerability and truth. And as a result, it supported what you were doing and being able to help more people. Yeah. And I think that's something that you talk about a lot is like, know your outcome, but work in alignment with that. Yeah. And for a long time, I think I've been trying to push myself out of alignment to prove something or something like that. Mm -hmm. And going back to the, the version of myself, which is true. It's like, mm -hmm. oh, it just makes sense. And it just, <laughs> things just flow more when you're in that space of just, just clarity, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Man. <laughs> let's talk about a little so, bit. More yeah. Bring out the, the confidence stuff. Yeah. Sorry, I was going to say, but let's just talk a little bit more about, the journey to you coming to what you're do, doing now, because obviously, you know, four, four, year, four years ago, did I meet three years ago, four years ago? I can't remember. One of the two. Three yeah, it was about four years ago now. Yeah. No, three, 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 three. Yeah. yeah. Three. And uh, you were this running around Dubai, doing performing all the time and just killing it. And then you've really made this beautiful transition into 
doing something you're finding a lot more fulfilling. What was that journey like for you? Um, it was slightly unexpected mm-hmm. in the idea that a lot of the time when you set in a goal or a future outcome that you want to obtain, right? A lot of the time you kind of push yourself through it, expecting to skip the transition. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is you kind of think you're going to detach from the process and just wind up there magically. And we all know that that's not the case. You know, you have to go through the pain, you have to go through the, the problems and everything to transition. You have to be part of the process to get to the mm-hmm. outcome. And in my mind, I was like, I'm just going to be a coach eventually. But I didn't know what that would look like. Mm-hmm. For me, the hardest thing was to actually say that I'm a coach because mm-hmm. attached to that, felt a lot of failure, you know, like in the musician world, I was a performer, I was a singer and performing all these crazy venues and gigs and performances, mm-hmm. but it was never fulfilling. And there's always this element of musicians where if you don't support the hustle, if you don't like continue forever, then you're a failure or something like that. Mm-hmm. So for me, breaking away from that identity of being just the musician, just the mm-hmm. singer, just the performer, to have someone with an actual story that I want to connect and relate and help people with, it was, it was a difficult transition in that respect. Mm. Um, the process itself was really nice because mm-hmm. as a musician, as a performer, it's all about you. You are the mm. center of attention of every performance. It's all about you. Mm. But with coaching, you almost don't exist. Mm. It's like you are the vessel or the conduit or the guide for the person to get from where they are to where they want to be. So all you are is you're asking the right questions for them to find the right answer. I I used to think the coaching was going to be you're giving the advice and it's all about the advice, but actually it's, it's significantly less about that than it is about asking the right question. Mm. Um, So that it was humbling for my ego at least Mm -hmm. for sure. You could. <laughs> I was going to say the, the egoic aspect of it. I don't think that. I, I mean, when people are working with someone, I found that the energetic resonance or the emotional response that someone has to the authenticity that somebody's coming from definitely gets felt by the client and also has an impact on their ability to be served. So someone may not have the biggest toolbox or the longest quote unquote experience as a coach, but when they're coming from a true place of authenticity uh, and a desire to really to support people and a level of competence, obviously, you know, you can't be incompetent and a level of competence, there's always going to be a lot more change, I think. Yeah. That's a beautiful way to put it. Mm. And the other thing yeah. as well is that when somebody's uh, yeah, coming from their own that. life experience, I think that also gives them a, a leg up in the ability to really serve the people that they're working with um, only because you you have a familiarity with it. You have uh, you have a knowing of what the challenges are that the people are facing. Uh, you know the path that walks. And also there's a level of certainty when you've done something yourself. So for example, when I started teaching Beyond Intention to people, like it literally saved my life. So I know it works. You can't tell me that this doesn't work. You can't tell me, oh, you've had this problem that you've had that problem because I know what I came from with Beyond Intention in order to make it work. So you can't tell me that story. So it gives me a certainty that I can put in, you know, I can really put my back into what I'm doing with people because I know that it works. I'm really in my knowing about it, you know? Yeah, so true, man. Mm. Yeah, you've got a beautiful story with that, actually, with Beyond Intention. Um, (laughs) 
mine's I'm only kind of coming into it in the, the emotional respect now that understanding my process mm-hmm. and um, mine was literally growing up. I had zero friends. I was overweight, had terrible teeth when I did homeschooling because I was too scared to go to school because I was bullied like every day that I showed up even by like mm-hmm. my quote unquote best friends. Mm-hmm. So um my entire thing growing up was wanting acceptance and I was really shy. I was the youngest of four boys. So like I was always kind of shut down instead of lifted up. Mm. And, um, so for me coming into my confidence and into myself has been like the hardest part, Mm. but the most, um, freeing part, because whenever you learn anything new, you overdo it. Mm. So when you first learn confidence, it turns into cockiness. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and now it's, like anything, if you start playing guitar and you've learned to shred on the guitar, you shred until you realize that it sounds like crap and you take it down to taste well. <laughs> so um, with me and confidence, it went overboard for a while. And, um, you know, I was, having, I was having a great time. I was like performing, running around, doing gigs. You always know that me looking for acceptance and um, wholeness. And it's kind of been the last sort of... Uh, couple of years where that started to come into play completely, where mm. it's not what I expected confidence was, but mm-hmm. it's like not having anything to prove anymore. Mm. Just being okay with being myself and beautiful, knowing that that's enough. Would you say that the work that you've been doing to develop your skills base has definitely supported you in that journey to improving yourself? Yeah, it's definitely helped me with the, uh, the whole confidence, confidence loop where I've become more confident things. So I become more confident with it. Um, mm-hmm. but having different references and having different courses to support that mm-hmm. has definitely helped, um, my ability to, to believe I can help because I've always been an avid learner where I've just been learning everything that I possibly can. Mm-hmm. And it was because I was thought I was missing something. I remember when I first spoke to you and I was like, Hey man, I want to coach. What courses should I do? And you're like, what? You don't need to do a course. <laughs> <laughs> And I just kept learning and I kept taking the, like, different courses and listening to different podcasts, reading different books until the point where I was like, okay, I think I think I kind of get it's all the same information. Um, <laughs> we're, all, we're all playing music, just a different genre. So <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to do it my own way. <laughs> and, and ultimately, I mean, look, uh, I understand the importance and the, the power behind structured coaching frameworks. And there's some great tools out there, but to hold back your light, and this is what I was really speaking to, to hold back your light waiting for a special qualification, I think is a bit ludicrous. Is it dangerous to go out there and, for example, start dealing with really particularly tricky challenges with people and deep traumas without the right qualification? Yes, I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about generally being out there, supporting people in changing their lives, part of me, doesn't require like some institute to say you are now allowed to help people. Does it mean, am I, again, I'm not talking down qualifications around coaching. I'm not talking down people, um, you know, going out there and learning officially and so on and so forth. And, and when we're talking about specific modalities, yes, you, I do believe if you're learning a specific modality, definitely go and get qualification. There's a few people, for example, on the human design front, they have no qualification. I know because mm. Olga spent a load of, like a crap load of time and a load of money doing the actual official courses in order to get her qualification towards human design, um, being a human design uh, an analyst and there's people out there they've just got a reading once read a few things on the internet and going around charging people to teach human design that i think is wrong you know but 
in terms of the actual coaching process, the actual process of being out there and healing people and helping them, if you can do it, do it is where I stand on it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely with you on that one. I think a lot of things when it comes to, if you want to call it life coaching or mindset coaching, whatever genre of coaching you want it to be, a lot of it is taking people through your own story Mm -hmm. and going through your own steps and things that you did to get through it. And Mm -hmm. for me, my pathway has turned into confidence, charisma, that sort of stuff because Mm -hmm. I didn't have any, um, before I was trying to kind of skip that stage and pretend like it didn't exist. Mm -hmm. And, um, I'd always get the people that were kind of like me, but a few years behind me come to me for advice. Mm -hmm. And I kind of overlooked that for a long time. Mm -hmm. So if you're able to help people from your own story, generally your biggest pain is your biggest blessing to be able to help others with. And Mm -hmm. if you're in that stage at the moment, maybe try and reframe it into how can I help somebody else with what I'm experiencing mm-hmm. in the future. Um, and you'll start to find that it might start to rewire the way mm-hmm. that you view the, the situation you're in. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of ignored mine for a very long time. And now I'm recognizing how important that actually is. Mm, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, I want to change beat a little bit and to go to some of the things in terms of like the, the, the applications of what you do, obviously confidence, charisma building, you've been working with that at the back of your own story, but in terms of the mechanical stuff, I mean, some of the stuff we spoke about last time that you were on the show in terms of um, uh, the brain, I remember using matching different items with a number and using that to memorize long sequences and stuff. I remember that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I remember. Uh, what are some, practical applications on the brain and memory coaching stuff that people, I mean, this is going out on the Monday show. So it's going to be a lot of entrepreneurs who are going to be listening and they're probably wondering, okay, confidence, charisma, I get the confidence, how that can help me in business, showing up in meetings, needing to present my ideas, showing up for sales calls, showing up to serve my clients, you know, standing in front of my employees, whatever, my partners. But what about the brain stuff? How does that really support people in entrepreneurship? How can that really be an asset to them? Oh, yeah. So some of the people that I do work and serve are people that forget things like you'll walk into a room and forget where you went in there or you're having a conversation and you forget what was just said or you'll lose your, lose your train of thought whilst talking. And I don't have enough time to properly do a lot of visualization techniques, but I can give you a few hacks. Mm-hmm. So if you're trying to remember more stuff in books, we have this thing called the reticular activating system. And what it does is you and I have around 11 million bits of information going through our brain every second, right? So the brain's only processing around 50. It has to delete a lot of it. So whatever you pay attention to, your brain's going to start finding more of. Like, mm-hmm. have you ever noticed when you're, you're driving on the car and you're thinking about buying a new car and you start to see that car everywhere? Mm-hmm. Or if I tell you right now to focus on the color red, if there is a color red somewhere, Mm-hmm. You'll probably find it. You'll yeah. probably convince yourself that maroon or something brown is. <laughs> I just red, literally right? did that. <laughs> it's like, you're red, right? You're red, right? <laughs> <laughs> so your brain starts to find what you focus on. And mm-hmm. it's a very, it's a, it's a very known thing, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're reading books or if you're trying to remember more information, then be more specific about what you want to remember. Mm-hmm. So if you're reading a book, for example, start asking questions. Your brain works in question and answer. And if mm-hmm. you just ask yourself, does it? Well, then there's your answer. Mm-hmm. So the way the brain works, if we're, we're going through a book, start asking, how will I use this information? 
When will I use it? Why must I use it? A couple of really, really simple questions to be able to turn your brain on to start thinking, oh, I actually need to start using this content because I'm going to have to use it in the future. Mm-hmm. And then you can start asking questions like, what is happening? Who is in the story? What are the main facts? What are the main dates? Those sort of things. Whatever you're trying to absorb in the information, start asking questions before you start reading or before you're going to an interaction with a person. You can start asking, what do I need to learn from this person? What will help me? When will I use their information? Those sort of questions. It'll be able to help you to at least start focusing more and actually remember more of the, uh, more of the, more of the situation. That's you one know, really, really smart. I actually had, that was one of the principal things that they taught us when we were learning, when I was learning uh, photo reading, to go in with a question in mind and just almost like create the, the foundations for those neural pathways to be built around the specific information that you're searching for. Mm, exactly. Exactly. Photo reading, you're, um, I remember you doing a little bit of a backroom in Malta. Mm-hmm. And you're doing a thing where you're building the framework by flipping through the pages. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if you were then maybe looking for big texts and stuff, or if you're looking for diagrams and that sort of well, stuff. Well, you're not even you're, you're, with the with the photo reading. You're literally dropping everything directly into the unconscious. You're not holding yeah. any of it consciously. The only thing you're doing consciously is almost like leaving anchors for the um, mm-hmm. for the unconscious recall, so that neural pathways to recall are open. And comprehension so you end up making a number of different passes and as you're making each pass you're cementing those neural pathways just like you're saying because your brain knows what it's looking for the reticular activating system actually does the heavy lifting of grabbing it so you don't need to stop and consciously do it um but the only conscious thing you're doing at the beginning is the setup when you're you're looking at the questions you're familiarizing yourself with the book even holding it and tangibly doing that the title you're reading the the contents page um that's what you're doing with that. And then you make the, the photo reading pass. You can do that as many times as you want. And then the super reading and dipping afterwards is again, just really locking that in, but your eyes are going to be drawn to the, the sections of the text that really meet the question that you have for the book, because not, no matter what the book is, not all of it is going to be relevant text. Even if you look at a sentence, um, most of the sentences connective tissue, the actual content, the actual stuff that you really want. I think it makes up 7% of a book is what you yeah. actually want the rest of it's just making it make sense or something like that i can't remember the exact figures yeah it's something crazy like that and that's um I, I teach a similar thing not quite with photo reading mm-hmm. um i've looked into photo reading but i haven't quite done the courses and stuff for it mm-hmm. um what? i have done speed reading du, 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 not du. a photo reading <laughs> <laughs> next one up um <laughs> No, but I've done other speed reading courses and uh, stuff like that. Yeah, no, and you're, you're a monster. I remember when you're training, you were training for the um, the speed reading, and you were like knocking out a book with like super duper comprehension really quickly. It was amazing to watch. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm just kind of starting doing it again because I haven't actually been reading as much the past couple of months, but I'm starting it mm-hmm. again now. So my reading speed dropped a couple hundred words per minute, but oh, it's already come back up again. Words a minute. Uh. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, because most people most people are reading around 200, 250 words a minute. Yeah. Um, I think when I was with you, I was doing around 720 yeah, words. Per that minute. sounds about right. Um, so mine's dropped back down to around 600 in the last couple of weeks, but it's still doing okay. (laughs) Um, I feel like it's picking up again, but, um, and I've been also, because 
I really, really like all the techniques and I really like checking all them out and seeing which one works and which one doesn't. I kind of like to see myself as the scientist of my own mind and the scientist mm-hmm. of my own life. As in scientists are in search of truth and all they do is they test what works and what doesn't work and they go with what works and what mm-hmm. doesn't work. They just kind of discard it on the side, right? So I'm kind of doing the same thing with all the techniques that I've, I've uh, learned about and I teach. Is Some of the techniques that I teach, I don't have to use personally, but somebody else will use. But some of the techniques I'm doing now, like what you were doing with um, the photo reading is you, you literally skim through the pages to see what diagrams are there. You, if this is a nonfiction book, for example, you'll go to the, the summaries of each chapter. Generally there's, there's bullet points or questions or something like that. So you can be like, you're priming your reticular activating system to get focused on it. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you go through and look for big, bold tests texts and headings and subheadings and titles. Mm-hmm. And then the last time you go through and you'll read the first and last sentence of each paragraph. Mm-hmm. And then you'll literally read through after that, because this whole thing, you're looking for exposure for information. And I've been starting to do that. And then also as I'm going through, just writing down questions about what is the something, what is the, this, what are the four somethings, what are the, these. And so that I have my own little quiz for after I read the book to come back to for a bit of space repetition. So if you're ever trying to build a skill, everybody, if you've heard of uh, repetition is the mother of all skill, yeah. well then spaced repetition would be the grandmother of all skill. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your daddy? I'm Who's your daddy? Who's your mommy? Okay. <laughs> um, so what space repetition is, if you've ever had to study for an exam and you studied the night before and forgotten most of it the next day, it's because cramming doesn't work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Need time for the neurons to actually connect and strengthen. So just like you go to the gym, if you go to the gym once, you're not going to be ripped. Most people mm-hmm. I'm not up to one session, but if you go to the gym consistently, that's the point of repetition. However, when you space out the repetition, then you're slowly telling your brain, this is important information for my long-term future. So mm-hmm. if you learn something once, then repeat it an hour later, repeat it a day later, repeat it around four, five days later, repeat it a week later, 14 days, 30 days later, and then it's going to lock into your long-term memory. Mm -hmm. But what most people are doing is they're just repeating it once and then, or five times over and over again at the same moment. And then Mm -hmm. wonder why they forget it. Okay. Your brain is a deletion device and it will seriously, it's processing so much stuff. It's its way of becoming efficient and effective by deleting outdated information. That's what it does. That's what it has to do. Otherwise it'd be full and you wouldn't be able to use it properly. (laughs) It's its way of staying quick. It's there to be able to make uh, quick survival decisions, not to be able to win trivia games. Okay. (laughs) We've kind of tricked how to do that. (laughs) So spaced repetition, everybody. Spaced repetition. You heard it here first, folks. And if you didn't hear it, maybe you need to speak to Josh because your mind's not working. So, <laughs> <laughs> so what was that? <laughs> <laughs> now, I know that you've been you've managed to, to put together some really cool um, free resources for people to be able to actually start taking advantage of some of these skills that, that you're talking about. I know that you've been going on Clubhouse, the app Clubhouse, and and, and doing some, some free lessons on there. Uh, you also have... Um, some challenges and other bits and pieces. What are some of the, some of the things you've been able to put together for people to start taking advantage of this, uh, this knowledge that you're sharing today? Yeah. So, um, on clubhouse, it's Josh McCartney. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm doing free memory and confidence coaching, question, answer sort of stuff. I'm there almost, almost every day at the moment. 
Nice. Um, we are almost finished with a, a three-part free training for nice. Memory Playbook. Nice. So it'll be a free download for anybody to use. Um, nice. And then also every week we have a newsletter. So you'll be getting an exercise and a bit of information about the brain, how it works. So just some free resources there. Um, and then we also do have the memory boot camp, which is coming back out again real soon. We've taken it down from 30 days down to 21 days. Um, just because we find that 21 days is a little bit better. Mm-hmm. 30 days is a lot of people to commit to. Yeah. And 21 days is really enough a lot of the yeah. time. So we're taking it down to 21 days and we're going to be setting that up to start real soon as well. So nice 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 so regardless of i mean one of the things that also i wanted to just just loop back on with regards to this stuff that you're doing is that even when you're looking at universal law right which is a powerful way to start looking at how to create your reality you can actually use your brain as a more efficient partner in how you access and make the most out of universal law if we look at for example the law of vibration, which basically speaks to the quality of the questions that we're asking and how that reflects in the, the reality that we experience. If I'm using my brain more deliberately to focus on what I want, that's actually going to support me being able to be the vibrational match for more of what I want versus what I don't want. So there's definitely some additional um, cross-functionality of having deeper dominion over the way your brain works, I think. Absolutely. And that's, um, yeah, I'm glad you touched on that actually, because I recognize that my whole confidence journey and everything has been also related with the memory systems as well, because there are a lot of different things when it comes to questioning that are really, really important. So if you're asking your brain, like it's literally a search engine, like Google, you put in information, it spits out an answer. Mm -hmm. If you say, why do I suck so much? It's going to look back into your history and be like, here are 10 results for why you suck so much. <laughs> but, seriously, it'll start finding those results. And then you say, how do I not suck, suck so much? Or what can I do to not suck so much? It'll find an answer. It literally spits out information for what you put in. <laughs> Sucky, no good. Want to suck no more. <laughs> <laughs> seriously, it's exactly how it works. You ask it a question, it finds you an answer. And Uh the more times you ask a question, the more times it'll habitually find the answer. So if you want to change the way that your brain fundamentally works, start asking a different question more frequently until it turns into a habit. And that Uh habit turns into experience, which turns into your identity, which turns into your future, which turns into your... So start with the small questions. Brilliant. So you heard it here first, guys. You want to access universal law more efficiently then you need to get your brain into gear and <laughs> this is the man what can do it for you so <laughs> um, what could do it for you so here's the, what the surprise was so i've got my um i got my ted talk later this year tedx talk which i'm really yeah. excited about um but i've always been i mean quick funny story i uh last i think it was last summer I actually, not last summer, it's the summer before last, I was invited to go and support my mates, um, their speaking event. Uh, They had an event where they had, I think it was like two or 300 real estate agents um, um, in New York. And then what ended up happening was that their keynote speaker pulled out at the last minute and they asked me to speak. (laughs) 
So they were like, hey, I know you're, I know you're on the way here, but is there, is there any way, um, anywhere at all, that you could be our keynote speaker today? And guess what? 90 minutes later, I was on stage delivering a speech to two to 300 real estate agents on disruption in the real estate industry. I was able to craft a talk, get up on stage and deliver it. Boom. And then be on a panel talking about disruption in the real estate industry. Now, I was able to do that because I know my I know my material. Um, I know the basic structure for any time I'm going to be on stage. I know the structure of what I'm going to be doing. I know how to position myself to communicate a message to people. But my speaking coach is like, yeah, we're not going to be doing that. You're going to be remembering <laughs> a speech, like word for word. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I don't do that. <laughs> so everyone... I am actually going to be working with Josh to learn my TEDx talk. So I'll be keeping you guys posted with that journey. Make sure that you follow uh, Josh over on Instagram. Oh, amazing. Both his uh, account, Josh McCartney Official, I think it is. Josh McCartney Official. We'll pop the link. Official. Yep, that's it. Yep. And Memory Playbook. Um, I was going to say, and also Memory Playbook. We'll have those down in the, in the links. But make sure you also follow Dreamer CEO on Instagram. I'll probably put some stuff on LinkedIn as well, just to keep you guys updated with the journey because I have no idea how I'm going to remember a 17, 15 minutes. 17 minutes. We timed it up at 17 minutes, but 17 minutes of talk plus stage direction because it's all very, very specific and deliberate because we've really crafted a very, very, um, a very deliberate talk because basically compressing 20 years of work into 17 minutes so that's wow yeah that's incredible dude yeah so you know the each line really matters because you know five ideas could be in one line or the seeds of them could be in one line so i've got yeah no so yeah i'm going to be working with josh on that we'll be starting on that in the summer getting ready to uh to get effective with that. So looking forward to keeping you guys up to date with that journey and adventure. And by the way, Josh, you just, you just got a client. So. Dude. Amazing. Thank you. <laughs> I feel so, like yeah. that's um, your manifestation statement coming in right there. There you go. There you go. There you go. There you go. Have you got any uh, final tips or strategies or hacks that you'd love to leave with the listeners uh, before we, uh, we sign off today? Um, let me go with a couple of little quick things. If you're a mm-hmm. procrastinator, mm-hmm. let me just rattle off a couple off the top of my head. I didn't sure. plan any of this. If you're a procrastinator and you can't get your ass into gear to starting a task, focus on the first two minutes of any given task. Say it's going to be going to the gym or if it's going to be writing a book or whatever it is, I want you to focus on the first two minutes. So if you're going to go for a run, focus on putting on your shoes and your socks and getting the key out the door. When you start to look at a huge task and something that your brain is scared of and unachievable, then you're going to procrastinate. You're going to get overwhelmed. So focus on the first two minutes of any given task. Okay. Um, if you're confused about what to do in life on how to make better decisions for your health or for your finance or for any sort of area, try and ask a thing I like to call guiding questions, which is if you are confused about what to eat, then you would ask yourself, what would a healthy person eat right now? What would a healthy Mm. person do? What would uh, a financially literate person do? What would Mm -hmm. an intelligent person do? Right. If you, find that you're confused about what to do, literally ask 
it's almost asking a version of your higher self. You can mm -hmm. also ask someone who you, you look up to who is a mentor in your mind mm -hmm. and you'll generally find that you'll find the answer straight away. So asking guiding questions, which will help guide you through whatever circumstance you're in, I find really, really useful. Um, habit stacking. If you're going to try and change a habit, then you just associate it to the original habit that you want to change. Say you want to meditate and you drink too much coffee. Every time you try to drink coffee, I want you to meditate for 60 seconds. And then after time, you'll start building that meditation habit and the coffee will become the cue for the meditation. Nice. So still, you can start stacking habits on top of that. So then if you want to start drinking water as well, well, you would normally drink a coffee, but now you meditate and then you drink a glass of water as the next step, right? So you're stacking good things on top of each other. Um, yeah, there's three quick and easy tips for you. Whatever you focus on, you're going to find. So focus on what you want and you'll get it. Nice. That's it. Mike drop, crystal drop, sage drop. <laughs> sage drop. Yeah, that happened on a podcast once. So we did a, I can't remember who it came out with a sage drop. And then I was on with my mate, Jen Narragan. She's absolutely amazing. I think you'd love Jen. And uh, she's like, ah, if you've done the sage drop already, we're going to do crystal drop. But she literally picked up a crystal and dropped a crystal. <laughs> I was just no. like, that is epic. Did it break? No, no, no. Thankfully, she didn't hold it too high. But I think I saw in her <laughs> eyes a little bit of panic that it might. <laughs> <laughs> Instant regret the second it, drops. But it worked. It actually worked, though. So That's um, so good. This oh no. Oh no. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> so Josh, thank you so much for sharing some time with us today. Uh, again, guys, be sure to um, check out Josh's website, his um, social media. We'll pop all of that down in the show notes. Get on his email list so you know exactly when the new goodness is coming out. I can tell you from personal experience of just having the chance to just group of a, a few of the bits that he does that he knows what he's talking about he's really gone all in in um, mastering these skills in order to share them with others and he's doing it literally from personal experience and seeing the power of this so you can see it too uh, as always we'll be back next monday with the entrepreneur led shows and friday with another inspiring interview in the interim, keep dreaming with your eyes open. Remember, you can choose consciously a more abundant, joyful, purpose-driven life. And bye for now. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of the Beyond Success Podcast. We hope that it has been of service to you. For more information and to stay up to date with the latest from Daniel Mangena, please head over to dreamwithdan.com. We'll see you for the next one.